do you feel inadequate to teach science? My friends, it should not be so. You are your child's perfect teacher, and with the right tools in your hands, you can teach science. In today's episode, we're going to chat about the second hurdle that can stand in the way of you wanting to teach science, experience. Hi, I'm Paige Hudson, and you're listening to the Tips for Homeschool Science Show, where we're breaking down the lofty concepts of science into building blocks you can use in your homeschool. Welcome to another conference session. Just like our other sessions, we'll be breaking this one into three easily digested chunks, which we'll share over the rest of the month. At the end of this month, we'll release a full video of the session. In addition to the individual episode posts, we'll have a home for all the session's materials at elementalscience.com slash blogs slash news slash science dash hurdles. That's elementalscience.com slash blogs with an S slash news with an S, slash science dash hurdles, also with an S. Well, with that housekeeping out of the way, let's join the I want to teach science, but these three hurdles are standing in my way session. So now that we have the information we need to leap over the hurdle of experiments, let's talk about the second most common struggle I hear with teaching science at home, and that's your very own experience. So the hurdle of experience. So maybe your experience with science to date hasn't been all that great. How do we get past uh, our own personal experience to help our students actually enjoy science? Well, first of all, let me just dispel a myth. There's this myth that science is this lofty subject that should be best left to experts. Only experts can teach science properly. Well, let me just dispel that myth with the truth. The bulk of science can be understood and appreciated and even taught by homeschool moms, no matter what your experience is. The key here is to get the right tools in your hands. So the key is to get a good curriculum that has the three keys. So I mentioned those briefly before, and those three keys are performing hands-on scientific tests. So those are the things we just talked about, experiments, demonstrations, nature study, something hands-on to present your students with the face of science. And then the second key you're going to have is to gather information. So you are reading from some kind of source or watching videos on science. So visually appealing encyclopedias, living books, uh, the internet, you're gathering your information from some source uh, to teach your students about the facts and science, because science is a marriage of facts and applications. So we're giving them the facts through what we're reading in the second key, and we're giving them the application through what we're doing in the first key. And then finally, that third key is keeping a record. And the reason why we're doing this is because our students are more likely to remember what they've studied if they're writing it down. So we're giving them the facts and application, and then we're helping them remember what they've learned by writing it down with a third key. So those three keys, we're doing science, we're reading about science, and we're writing about science. Okay, so that's what you need to do to teach science to your kids. So how do you choose a curriculum that fits your family? Because if the key to getting over a negative experience with science is to get a good curriculum, then how do we choose that for our students? 
Well, first, let me tell you that one size does not fit all. There are multiple curriculums on the market, multiple approaches to how you teach science, and we need to figure out what fits you and your family. So the first step in doing this is to figure out what your goals are. What are your goals with teaching science? Ask yourself, what do I have to prepare my student for? For instance, our daughter is going into high school at this point, and she wants to be an engineer. So I need to make sure that the high school curriculum I have planned for her will prepare her for an engineering degree. We have friends who their, their child is going into high school and she wants to be an art major. So knowing that her science plans don't need to be as rigorous as our daughter's. So understanding what you need to prepare your students for, or if you're planning on putting your kids back in school, in middle school or high school, you need to prepare them for that. So we need to make sure that you cover the things that they need to know to be ready to go back into school or whatever you have planned for your students. So knowing what you have to prepare your students for. And then the second question you want to ask yourself is, what do I want to instill in my students? So what is... You know, what values, what do I want them to know? Uh, do I want to instill an appreciation of nature into my students? Uh, then I definitely want to have nature study. Knowing what you want to instill in your students will help you determine your goals. And then anything you have to teach. So some states require that you teach certain things at certain times, or you need to prepare them for tests or something like that. So you need to know what you need to, anything that you have to teach your students. And that'll kind of help you. Those three questions will help you determine what your goals are for teaching science. And then the second thing you need to do <clears throat> before you determine what curriculum will work for you is to decide, determine your students' learning styles. So there's four basic learning styles and your students can be a blend of the four types, uh, but knowing the way your student learns will help you to pick the best curriculum for them. So first of all, we have uh, visual learners. These students need to see things before he or she picks up on the concept. So they need to see it in action. Lots of pictures, lots of demonstrations for these kids. So visual encyclopedias, uh, lots of demonstrations, hands-on stuff that you're doing with their students. If your student's a visual learner, you want to look for a curriculum that gives them those visuals. And then we have auditory learners. <clears throat> These students learn best from hearing, so they do well with curriculum that has read-alouds or lectures or lots of discussion times. And then we have our tactile learners, and these students learn best by touching. So we want curriculum that has manipulatives or extra projects, lots of demonstrations for them to do, uh, for them to get their hands messy. And then we have kinesthetic learners. These students learn best when moving. So uh, you can bounce and read. Uh, they can be outside running around as they're learning. Now, all that said, we can alter curriculum to meet our students' needs. So if we have a more visual or auditory learner, we can uh, modify curriculum for them. For our kinesthetic learner, we can give them things to move in their hands um, or bounce around on balls as they're as we're reading to them. So there are ways to modify curriculum uh, to help our kids learn better. But understanding where our students are, if we know that our uh, student is a tactile learner, choosing a textbook only curriculum that has no um, demonstrations or experiments in it is not going to be a good fit for our tactile learner. Does that make sense? So. It helps us to decide 
even though we can modify curriculum, it helps us to know their learning styles so that we can um, best choose a curriculum that will be the easiest to modify for our situation. And then the next thing you want to do this, so the third thing you want to do is determine your preferences. So determine how you would prefer to learn. Do you like textbooks, encyclopedias, or living books? So when you read about science, what kind of things, uh, what kind of resources do you naturally gravitate towards? Do you want an all-in-one textbook, or do you want a visually appealing encyclopedia, or do you want to learn through living books where your students are wrapped up into the adventure uh, as they're learning about the science? And then, do you want to learn about science outdoors or indoors? So do you want your hands-on aspect of science to be outdoors where you're learning about nature, or do you want to mainly do experiments in your lab, aka your kitchen, or maybe your bathroom? <laughs> And then do you prefer, uh, how do you prefer to write? So does your student, so do you prefer notebooking where the students are writing down what they found meaningful or do you want just straight worksheets where they're finding the answer in the text and filling in the blanks and that's it? So do you prefer notebooking or worksheets? And then do you want uh, enrichment? So do you want hands-on projects to be a part of your curriculum? Do you want additional things like library books and um hands-on projects and quizzes and things like that. Do you want that to be a part of the curriculum that you have too? So now you know your goals, uh, you know your students' learning style, and you know your preferences. You've got all that written out. The last thing you want to do is to determine what you want to study. So what do you want your students to learn? What would they like to learn? And then you need to decide which one gets more emphasis. So you know, during the early years, it's perfectly fine to follow rabbit trails. We can study what they want to learn. If they want to spend four weeks learning about dolphins, uh, we can do a dolphin unit study because that's what they're passionate about and they can learn science through that. Uh, as they get older, it, we may find that what they need to learn takes more emphasis. You know, they've got to have a biology, chemistry, and physics on their transcript. So we need to make sure we hit all three of those subjects. And then we can follow rabbit trails once we hit everything we have to hit. Does that make sense? When you're choosing your curriculum, now you've got a list of your goals. You've got a list of their learning styles. You've got a list of your preferences and you've got a list of what you need to study. And now we're ready to tackle finding that curriculum that will help you get over that hurdle of experience and on to teaching science. But I do want to say one thing, and that curriculum is meant to be a tool and not a master. So it's a tool that you use to fit into your family. It's not a master. You are not a slave to any curriculum. Your lack of experience or a negative experience in science does not make you a slave to following uh, every curriculum letter by letter. Instead, you need to fit it and mold it to your, uh, instead you need to use those four uh, criteria that we wrote down. You need to use your goals, uh, your learning styles, your preferences, and what you want to study. Use that to find the science curricula that best fits those four things, the four criteria you're looking for. And then once you have that curriculum in your hands, you need to mold it to what fits your family. Okay, so you may pick and choose certain things uh, in it. You don't have to do everything or you may modify a bit to better fit your family and that's perfectly fine because curriculum is meant to be a tool. As homeschooling moms, we have the ability to teach our kids. 
Don't forget that you are your student's best teacher. You have one-on-one access with them. You can do this. And with the right tools in your hands, you can get over a negative experience or a lack of experience with science to be successful in teaching science to your kids. So now that we have what we need to get over the hurdle of experiments, we have what we need to get over the hurdle of experience, we are ready to get on to the third and final hurdle that keeps people from teaching science. Well, I trust that you're now ready to jump over the hurdle of experience and have the information you need to find the right tools to teach science in your homeschool. Next week, we'll listen to the third part of this session, where I share about getting over the hurdle of equipment. If you're afraid that you can't afford the supplies to properly teach science, you definitely want to tune in next week. We've added links to several more tips and tools for helping you get over the hurdle of experience to the page for this session, which you can find at elementalscience.com slash blogs slash podcast slash 42. That's elementalscience.com slash blogs with an S slash podcast slash this episode's number, which is 42. If you still have a question, you can leave a comment over there. If you've enjoyed this peek into our conference vaults, would you take a moment to leave a review or a rating for the Tips for Homeschool Science show? These reviews and ratings help others know that this show is worth listening to. Plus, it helps determine where to rank this podcast. I would really appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great week playing with science. This peek inside our conference vault has been sponsored by Elemental Science. At Elemental Science, our mission is to help educators just like you share the wonders of science with your students. Our lines of award-winning, easy-to-use programs have helped thousands with actually teaching science at home. Visit ElementalScience.com to see how we can give you the tools you need to leap over the three science hurdles and get to teaching science.